0: Hey, it's Travis with a hotel news flash. First thing is first, our Patreon tiers have changed, and since everyone has a few extra Christmas dollars, I'm going to give you some ideas about where to spend them. Our Lobby Boy tier, $1 a month, gets you a shout-out and your name in the guest book, which I post to our socials. Do not, my friends, overlook the value of the $1 tier. This is an excellent way to support the show without breaking the bank, and it's pretty easy for me to keep up with. Like those Wikipedia pleas we all scroll past say, if everyone hearing this slid us a crispy $1 bill, we could build the empire. This tier is perfect for people who don't really do Patreon. Very low pressure, but every dollar does in fact help. Manager tier, $5, gets you a shout-out, name in the guest book, early access, ad-free episodes, and access to our entire back catalog, ad-free as well. This one's our bread and butter. If you listen regularly and hate ads, well, I tell you what, give me 5 bucks and I won't stop working for you. Owner tier, $10, is a shout-out, guest book, early access, ad-free, back catalog, a monthly bonus episode, This month is the ice cream truck, and monthly episodes of The Hotel, The New Crew, and the ongoing adventures of The Bellhop, The Concierge, and The Auditor. Love them. Owner-tier patrons like to flex a little. They like the finer things in life. And finally, the hotel tier. Twenty bucks a month, and now that's not nothing. I know how many dollars twenty is, and I know this tier is not for everyone, but... For those who are able and choose to check out the penthouse, you will get the shout-out, the guestbook, the early access, ad-free, back catalog, bonus episode, new crew, and, 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 this is now the only tier that will get postcards mailed directly to their homes every month. Bonus episode postcards and the Izzy Filthy Gut Chavez original episode postcards. Whatever tier you consider, we all appreciate it. Very much. Every dollar goes right back into production. I buy my groceries with SCP and Mayfair dollars. So this show is run entirely on the kindness and love of all of you listening. Well, your money anyway. But we appreciate the love and kindness. Also, I have in the past two weeks received like four things in the mail sent back to me from Germany to any of our Germany-based listeners who are waiting on postcards or keychains. Sorry. Hang on. I'm going to send it all back out. I don't know what's going on. And finally, a little schedule update. We are not posting new regular episodes in January. We will be taking a little break and coming back in February with something really special and really cool and really exciting that I will tell you all about uh, like tomorrow in the announcements for the episode that comes out on the first day after tomorrow. These announcements are just a little long already, so we'll do that in January. Uh, You know what? Maybe we'll call that Season 6. What do you think? New Year's Eve seems like a natural season break for the show, doesn't it? I mean, we're basically just making episodes. My friends, we'll keep making new hotel stuff until you stop listening. The idea of seasons is just a holdover from us growing up with network television and and back when we didn't even know if we were going to make new episodes. Yeah, we'll do that. So Season 5 is over. Surprise, life is chaos. Season 6 starts in April, but... The good news is we're just going to keep releasing old bonus episodes. You get three more in January from our back catalog until February when the new uh, the new stuff starts. Um, speaking of which, I'm also going to be putting all our, old, all our old bonus episode postcards up on the store. I'm not going to edit out that flub. That was my first flub. I don't feel like editing it. You guys are fine. Um, so watch out for those. We will go fast. They will go fast. I'm not editing that either. Life is chaos. Embrace it. They will go fast. I only printed out like 25 of each of the prints, so I could get all of them at once. So that initial run of postcards will probably sell out quickly, so act fast. I'll put those up on the store, let's say, first week of January. Um, keep an eye out. I also made a new playlist. Find it on Spotify, The Vermin, parentheses, The Hotel Podcast, uh, to celebrate the canonizing of Izzy's original character, The Vermin, who showed up at the end of The Reaper's Envy. I'm sure good old Verm will show up again at some point. Um, and then Izzy also picked, like, I, I put, like, six songs on this playlist, but then he added a whole bunch, so check that out. And lastly, a quick plug for the follow-up showdown, a podcast Lauren and I do with our good friend Paul Getz. I've mentioned it before. We all discuss and come up with pitches for movie sequels that don't exist. He puts a lot of work into it. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. I really like the manager bonus episodes. She's so great. She's so sad. Niall did an awesome job with this postcard, too. He did that fish manager design I like. Remember? I don't know. Check our Twitter. Okay, happy new year. Enjoy your bonus episodes. Lots more stuff coming this year, so stay tuned.
1: The elevator doors slide closed with a sigh, finally silencing the doomed guests' racking sobs. Sometimes they figure it out a little early and, well, they don't like it any more down here than they do when they figure it out in their rooms. The lobby boy took him up, nodding sympathetically, but surely easing him across the carpeted lobby. He threw quite a fit, The guest. Not my lobby boy. There are two suitcases of debris littering the furniture, floor, and front desk. He didn't go quietly. I use a pen to push chapstick, sunglasses, toothpaste, socks, car keys, and more off my desk. The owner appears from nowhere and surveys the damage. He throws his arms wide and scoffs in disgust at the mess. I shrug at him. Industry hazards. Some guests just get sloppy when the end comes. He tries to pick up, compulsively cleaning like a waylaid vampire. Once his arms are full, he sets a collection of this garbage back on my desk before grumbling over to stuff clothes back in their suitcases. I notice the guest's wallet among the pile of odds and ends. I pick it up and shove everything else back onto the floor, ignoring the owner scoffing again, this time at me. It's an unusual shape for a wallet, almost like an old coffin purple and green with a wolf on it. I toss out his license. Bad picture. His useless folding money. A sandwich card. He wasn't even close to a free one yet. But among all his frivolous garbage is something I've only ever heard about in passing. Having fun isn't hard. It says on the back. I turn the sturdy beige card over carefully, lightly. His name is written sloppily in pen over a picture of a short, dull building done in raised ink. The very idea fascinates me of a quiet, clean library. Library, 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 library. library. <laughs> I look up sharply from my place at the checkout desk. I was certain I heard someone talking. The low tables are still empty of patrons. The stacks beyond full only of books. And the windows, floor-to-ceiling windows, frame the bucolic park across the street. Still, quiet, I tell myself, it must have been the voice of someone playing at the park outside. But I decide now is a good time to shelve the books from the cart. I grab the handle and give it a big push. The thick carpet and thicker wheels make it cumbersome, but solid. I normally start by grouping the books on the cart by location in the library sorting those groups based on an economy of motion as I then navigate the stacks. It's the fastest way to put things in proper order. But today, I decide to leave the books on the cart as they are and cover more ground. The wheels on the cart create a soft, rolling rhythm that I find soothing. I take the long way around the building hugging the wall until I complete a full circuit. Once I'm back at my checkout desk, I start weaving between the aisles. I speed up a little down the longer ones, but it takes more and more effort to keep up the sharp turns. It's not until I notice I've been spilling books in my wake that I realize I haven't put a single one back. I hadn't even slowed down to check where the books needed to go. I've been hunting. Hunting phantoms, I tell myself as I backtrack and pick up my trail of books. Behind me, I hear a familiar, soft, rolling rhythm. I whip around, and my cart looks just a little farther away than I was expecting. I don't move. I listen hard for the smallest sound. Nothing but the air conditioner. After long seconds of stillness, I bend back down to complete retrieving my books. As soon as my arms are full, I hear it again. This time, I turn around fast enough to see the cart jiggle to a stop and a few books fall off the lower shelf. It looked almost like if someone had been standing there and ran off, it would have had a similar effect. I place the books in my hands onto the shelf next to me without taking my eyes off the cart. I barely breathe. Sweat, ignoring the air conditioner entirely, starts to bead on my forehead. I dart my eyes to the stacks ahead of me as quickly as I dare. I shift my weight forward and reach my hand out to the cart. Out of the corner of my eye, just barely, I see the books I just set down slide backwards behind me. Something is pulling them off the shelf. Pulling them towards it. (laughs) I grab the books and spin around to confront this phantom. But there's nothing behind me. The books come away easily in my hand. Both directions down the aisle are clear. The card is still. I am... Alone. Sighing deeply, I decide that if whatever this is isn't going to kill me right away, I should try to get some work done. I check the books in my hands to see where to place them on my cart, but... They're... Blank. Different sizes, ages, materials... For all intents and purposes, they look like normal books, but no titles. No author names. Nothing. I flip through the books, and they're all filled with handwritten names. Nothing unusual about that. Nothing... Unusual. <laughs> drop the books and rush to the cart opening the first book I can get my hands on blank cover inside filled with hand scrawled names I toss it aside and grab another filled with names another names blank on the outside names on the inside again and again I tear through the entire cart dropping books and cluttered piles at my feet all the same I growl in frustration and push the card over loudly. Every book on the shelf is blank now. Were they always? I run towards the center of the library, towards my checkout desk, grabbing books as I go. Each time I pull a new tome, it's filled with names. So many names. Behind, a soft rhythm pursues me. Behind, blank books fly from their shelves. Behind, thousands of pages with names of the dead explode. The shelves, twice as tall as I am, rock in each direction and cascade into their neighbors. By the time I clear the racks and slide to a stop at the community reading table, it's too late shelf after shelf drops almost every book we have into each other exploding in a violent paper cacophony dry, dirty dusty paper flits down all around me The air conditioner thrums in a soft rhythm that gets louder and louder, colder and colder, until it's whipped the tattered pages into a frenzied cloud of a thousand deadly cuts. Each scrap has a name on it. A name I recognize from another life. I can hardly make them out as the smallish space turns the cycled air back on itself violently. Thin red lines form on my face, neck, and hands. Tiny beads of blood wriggle their way out from the shallow cuts, cuts that deepen with each new gust of phantom wind. One cuts deep enough under my eye that it turns my head sharply, as if I'd actually been struck Another one crosses my forehead severely, and I slide across my checkout desk, crashing to the floor behind. <laughs>
0: hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to The Hotel.
1: The low tables and chairs in the reading area rattle and shuffle in place. The overhead lights buzz and flicker as the phantom wind grows louder and larger. Paper, pencils, books, glasses, chapstick, everything in the library is caught in the tempest. A chair splinters on the wall behind my desk than another. I cover my head with my arms, and only the thick fabric of my loose sweater protects me from a dozen splintered barbs. Within the howling wind, I can hear a soft, rhythmic pulse winding up, faster and faster, louder and louder. I push myself up just enough to peer out with one eye. I drop again to the floor in an instant, covering my head with my arms and curling into a ball. My cart explodes into the desk above me. Books rain down and loose pages fill the air dangerously. Through my arms, I see the books covering the floor. Most are in pieces, their pages chunky shreds. Some have merely broken at the spine and fallen open but all share the same terrible story. Name after name after name. I know each one. I know their faces, their lives, their deaths. The rattle and shuffle behind me turns into a low shuddering. The tables are being lifted wrenched loose from gravity's desperation. My desk has been blown apart, my library has been torn apart, and it's too damn loud. I sit up behind what's left of the checkout desk, push up my sleeves, shake out my shoulders, and crack my back. Standing up is difficult. Things still knock into me, keeping me down, or making it easier to stay that way. Between hits are dozens of paper cuts slicing me open just a little. It stings and bleeds. Not enough to stop me, but enough to make the idea appealing. The roaring wind and chaos stings my eyes, forces me to squint. I can hardly see what I'm doing. I can't hear at all, and every second I am beat back and wounded. At the heart of the library is a cluster of debris and darkness. Dust and paper, furniture and glass, all knotted together and consuming. It's swallowing up everything it can and tearing it apart, throwing it back out. Regurgitating its destruction thoughtlessly, pointlessly, endlessly. The tables beneath it finally give in and get swept up into the storm. They clatter together, disappearing and reappearing in the awful swirl of its growing bulk. Two deep, glowing, red eyes burn down at me from this darkness this phantom something like teeth white and sharp and connected to nothing at all grin at me from the maw at its center (laughs) (laughs) are you done hiding it pulses and the tables swirl faster rings of white light bubble out at its edges when it speaks to me I'm gonna These tables and then I'll chew this building into dust. I hear the slow, creaking splinter of glass from every direction. The windows. It's getting too big, too unmanageable. It smashes the tables together while it snarls at me. Do you remember all their names? I think it's trying to scare me.
0: You don't even have a name, you rotten puppet!
1: If it wanted to scare me...
0: It doesn't even matter when you die!
1: (laughs) It should have known better than to try and hurt my feelings. The wind dissipates. And the tables fall in an obnoxious heap. A second later, every shelf, book, card, catalog, and computer in the building lands in an ear-splitting avalanche that sends a cloud of dust and debris in every direction. This, of course, takes out all the windows... The light summer breeze saunters in and starts replacing the dust clouds with fresh air and the distant voices of children at play. I survey the damage numbly, unsure of what exactly the victory was. A broken book at my feet ruffles its pages in the wind. I tap the cover open with my foot. Only one name in it. I look back up and see the owner stacking suitcases in the corner of the now very tidy lobby. He's all dust and bones by now. My own hands are... Rotten as well. The guest book in front of me lies open on my intact front desk. Yes... Just one name in it. The same name that's in it every night. Tonight's Guest. I actually sigh in relief, catching the owner's attention. He looks at me questioningly, but I just hold my putrid hand up and shake my decaying head softly. It doesn't matter. He tries again, crossing the lobby, jaw already open and forming a question. I put one finger up to my mouth. Shh.
0: The hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten, starring Kelly Nineoltowski as the manager, Mark Witten as the lobby boy, Graham Rowett as the owner, and Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake.